One of my favorite deeper dives of 2023 was the one we did with Nurse Nikki on the new mastitis protocol. We got so many great questions and comments during the deeper dive from all those who attended live. Shout out to Naomi, who told us at the end that she was going to fix all her care plans right away. Same, Naomi. Use the link in the show notes to subscribe and have monthly live access to all of our deeper dives, as well as all of our recordings going all the way back to January of 2020. You don't want to miss out on this. And we can't wait to see you at the next deeper dive. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey, Leah, how are you? Hey there, Annie. I'm doing pretty good. How are things over in New York? They're good. You know, just the same as usual. Some babies that having a lot of trouble, but I did get an email from a client who let me know that she was still happily going at 27 months. So it does. I love that. My favorite is when you get that, like just really unexpectedly or like you didn't really get a good closure or something, not like it's a bad closure, but like you did, you know, they just kind of pittered out and communicating with you like they do. And, uh, and then you get some, some contact later. We had a pretty busy week here, but in, in Houston, we had our first cold snap. Ooh. I know. And it was so crazy. Literally, there were snow flurries in Houston in November. Like, we oh never gosh. get snow. I mean, it didn't stick. It was just like, oh my gosh, I think I see something like falling from the sky a little bit. <laughs> that was the extent <laughs> of it. But it was so crazy because, of course, the news people are like, going insane like it's snowing in Houston and it's only November and we don't ever even get snow ever so that was pretty exciting but that also means oh I just I don't like cold I hate being cold so I've like been wearing that's the hard part I I wear scrubs for for my work especially when I'm in the clinic and oh my gosh scrubs are so cold (laughs) you cannot (laughs) get warm in scrubs so I'm like literally wearing long johns and you'll probably laugh at me because it was just like 50 and then like (laughs) it was like 32 but that's like frostbite situation for me and so Uh I found long johns and I totally wore long johns under my scrubs this week because I was a big big baby when it comes to cold (laughs) I love the cold but that's why you don't see me living in (laughs) in Houston yeah (laughs) so we today are going to talk about uh, writing pediatrician reports and other reports for other healthcare providers, which is in our code of professional conduct as IBCLCs, is that so we important communicate with the healthcare team. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Don't be scared. I know everybody's like running away. I don't want to no, no, no. stay with us because um, I promise it'll be okay or it won't yes. be, but at least we'll be experiencing. We'll be together. Better. We are all going to hold hands and we're going to work through this together, guys. Don't worry. But before we do the scary stuff, I know, Leah, (laughs) you've got a marketing tip for us. Yes, ma'am. Well, starting out in private practice, I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make is they go out and spend a ton of money on actual paper marketing materials. I made this mistake. I'm pretty sure every 
starting out new private practice, you're like, I want all the pretty shiny brochures and this and that. And half of them end up in the trash somewhere. And I've sadly had to throw some of my own away because, you know, things are oftentimes those paper materials are not as valuable as they originally seem. And I think in our day and age, more tech is really overtaking paper stuff. So we can save the planet by not using so much paper, (laughs) but it's a lot, it's really expensive to print things, especially if you want to get something really, really nice and sharp looking, you're going to spend a lot of money. And so you want to think about what marketing materials are truly going to be valuable to your practice. I think business cards are definitely top of the line. And I like professional looking things for classes because those are oftentimes Uh things parents hold on to because they're like, oh, this has got good information on it. So I'm going to hang on to this because I like have a folder where I've kept all my breastfeeding information. And that folder just happens to have all your contact information on Mm -hmm. it. Whether you do that kind of on the cheap, and this is how we did it starting out was, you know, those clear stickers. If you get a nice folder and those clear stickers, it looks like you printed on them. So we use that and our business card. I mean, we had very sharp looking class materials and I would go to mom's houses for that first visit and that would be on their coffee table. So that's something to definitely invest in, but you know, really fancy trifold brochures, those kinds of things. Sometimes you'll not end up having those be quite as valuable. So you really want to think about what you spend your money on and remembering that we're dealing with a lot of millennials now using our services and paper materials are not what they're going to be looking towards. You know, they're definitely going to be looking more towards the tech advertisement, that kind of thing. So be smart yeah. about where you spend your money with your marketing materials. I don't want to talk about what happened the last time I cleaned out my consult bag and ah. I found a bulb <laughs> at the bottom that I'd spent money on making and then they I made know. their way into their bag and never made their way out. <laughs> Isn't that so sad? And then, I mean, it's all lessons learned. We're all, and we're just getting to share with you guys. So you don't have to spend all your money on that and then sadly throw them away later. Uh, yes. <laughs> so Speaking like of you, things that are going to get thrown away, let's right? talk about pediatrician reports. Oh no. <laughs> because oh, they don't read them. Let's just yeah. get that elephant in the room out of the way. The reason we don't want to talk about pediatrician reports is because we're all sitting here thinking, why bother they don't read them? And I, I mean, maybe you have some pediatrician that does read them. I actually have this I one do. in my I area do. who reads them and he, and he always writes back and like with comments. And then I'm like, you're amazing. But the yes, rest of them, you're I'm like, like the rare zebra. One <laughs> big practice here in New York City and basically run by... Baltimore. I'll put it out there. They're not, they're just a very kind of stressful practice to deal with when you're a lactation consultant. Some mm. of the recommendations they give, and they're huge. They're, they have branches all over New York City. Oh, wow. They're super popular. And they have one fax number for oh my every, gosh. every location. So I'm like, I literally, I'm like, I hit facts and I'm like, this is just going into the void. Not <laughs> only is it going to, void. to a practice who's philosophies are kind of in many ways diametrically opposed to what I'm trying to 
counsel families about, but like literally what I just pictured this fax machine. <laughs> it's like just dumping it into a trash can somewhere. Like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, <laughs> that big warehouse, putting the Ark of the Covenant back on a shelf. Like that's where I yes. picture that fax machine is. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. I will say I have had pediatricians definitely read my reports. I've had some call me back on them. And I will say how we got invited into the pediatric office we now work in, basically we're there full staff being there full time. We started out just see, they were referring to us a lot and they started referring to us because the other practice they were referring to never sent report. And we did. So they were like, I love knowing that my client or my patient actually went and saw you. Otherwise, I had no idea I was recommending that. And I had no confirmation that they went out and did anything. And that's kind of what started the process to then they were like, well, we now we want you here with us. So it can definitely pay off to do these reports. But I am certain that a fair number of the ones that I send are, you know, kind of got a check mark because I think most practices they have to sign off on things that come across their desk, but are they read and then signed off on or is it just kind of like glance and sign and shove it in the file so it can be scanned into who knows, but let's, let's take a step back though and talk about like, why is it so important that we write these care plans, whether or not somebody reads them? Cause there's, there are good things that are happening when people read them, or at least, you know, like you're saying, somebody has to at least file it you know, right. it's at least right. making its way into the baby's chart. chart. Right. Why fundamentally is it important for us to be creating these care plans regardless of where they end up? Well, I think if we want to ever be seen as part of the medical care team, we have to act in that role and being part of an allied healthcare provider, that's what we're classified as. That means we don't work alone. We don't just solo care for patients, we are in a care team. And so to be part of that care team and what our code of professional conduct says is you have to communicate. And the most effective and kind of standard way to do that is to have reports sent out about our consultations. And I think it's really, really important for our profession that we're consistently doing this. I know I know some lactation consultants, you know, only do it maybe in certain situations. But I think if you, even if it's just for the sheer fact of like, saying we want to be part of the care team. We want to be a respected allied healthcare professional. We want to collaborate with you. That's how we get this done. I think it's even beyond just saying we want to. We're saying we are. Yeah, we definitely. are a part of this care team. Yes. Like it's not, I don't need your permission to be part of this care team. I'm telling you that I am because I saw this family and this now is what I'm reporting happened. to you. And now Absolutely. I'm reporting what I saw. And, you know, on a little mini side note, anyone <laughs> is in network with insurance. And if you're using evaluation and management codes, one key component of those codes is called counseling and coordination of care. Coordination right. Of care, meaning the communication that you're doing with anyone else who is part of the baby's or mothers, or parents' healthcare team. So that's, you know, the OB, the midwife, the pediatrician, you know, any other specialist that's getting involved. But right. we actually have to be doing that if we want right. to, to be able to, to be and, billing. Yeah. And it's one thing to say, I'm recommending 
that they see this person. But going one step further and actually reaching out to that specialist or sending the report to the care plan that says, I believe this family should have this evaluation done or right. see the specialist. It really does, you know, there might be for those, if you're in network with insurance, you might actually have even more than just your ethical obligation. There might even be a contractual one as well. Absolutely. It's such an important point to bring up because I think sometimes we hate them so much. We hate doing these reports so much. We're trying to figure out how do we get out of having to do this, but I think it is it does a disservice in so many areas if we're not consistently sending these reports out. And I think the thing that most people have you know, resistance to doing reports is it's a time suck. I mean, it is just an extra step that we are all having to kind of chain ourselves to the chair and make ourselves power through, yeah, get them done. But if you talk to any healthcare provider in this day and age, everybody's complaining about charting. I have a friend who's a pediatrician and she, you know, has struggles with charting. We all do. We're all in it together. So I don't think that we're unique in that. We're not. And I think we also, though, we might have a burden that we can get hung up on the idea that this document is a a marketing piece of marketing material, which it is because we are, you know, sending it out there and these doctors are getting to know us and how we practice from what they're reading and what we're writing. But I think we can get maybe a little too panicky about what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Is it written well? Is it formatted well? Is it on nice letterhead? And those things might be incidental and might even, if that is something that is sucking time out of your day, I would say, let that piece go. Because the most important thing is we want to document what we're recommending to the families and we want to have it in the families, particularly in the baby's chart that this was told. And, you know, especially, you know, if we're dealing with supplementation, any situation where we've got a a baby who is not doing so well and who needs supplementation or who needs some kind of medical treatment, we really want it in there that we saw it because we can't be the lactation consultant who be perceived as a lactation consultant who didn't tell somebody they needed to feed their baby. And I think that is a key number one thing. If there's nothing else that goes in your pediatrician reports, you are reiterating the importance of feeding that baby because we do have very powerful messaging from some anti-lactation consultant groups out there who really want the world to think that lactation consultants don't care about babies and that we, we think breastfeeding is more important than babies. And that is not true. And so if there's one thing you can do, you can counter that message by saying, educated parents on the science of a good feeding, recommended supplementation where necessary so that they are seeing that we care. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a huge point. And just that your recommendations, you know, I think we've probably all had this happen where what the mom can take in and then regurgitate to say like, oh, my lactation consultant told me to blah, 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 blah. Of course, we've got the care plan in the mom's hands, but if she didn't bring that with her to the pediatrician report, she might not be able to verbalize exactly what we said. And so we need to be that bridge and make sure our exact message is getting portrayed correctly and 
you know, we're getting the information and that, yes, again, then we can collaborate and we can all work together, be on the same page to assist these families when they're having struggles like this. So I definitely think some of the key things that need to be included in a report to whether it's the pediatrician or another care provider one is, and I, I learned this the hard way, is, you know, you need the, the mom and babies, both of their full names and both of their birth dates, because so many times they can't find the charts on just the names alone, because there's multiple people with those names. Yes. So uh-huh. just note, because we've had them call before a long, long time ago when I first started out, and I think I only had the babies date of birth or something on there. And so the OB's office was like, we, we can't find this person. I'm like, right. so sorry. So I learned that. And then, you know, some of the other things I think might be important is, is what the mom or what the report was, you know, like, what are they coming to you for? What's their goals? What are they looking to achieve with your visit? Of course, and, our assessment. And to know, in order to kind of organize your thoughts around that, a lot of people use the very straightforward SOAP template, which is yes. subjective, objective assessment plan. And yeah. those sections for a pediatrician report can be really short, like subjective yeah. breastfeeding troubles. Parents are reporting their baby didn't, you know, isn't, is always hungry. And then objective, meaning I observed a feeding and this was the transfer and here's how much the baby weighed and all of those kind of details. And they don't have to be written out. It doesn't have to be a story. It can be really short and factual shorthand assessment is what do you think is going on? And here's where you're going to pull out your, you know, your writing skills to really Mm -hmm. say, this is what I think is going on. This is your moment to do some persuasive talk with them. Sometimes that's also called the impression. Of course, that doesn't Uh go with the soap, but I like the wording as a impression because I'm like, okay, this is the impression that I got from what I saw today. Like, this is what I think is going on. And then the plan is the recommendations for said impression or assessment. Exactly what you told them to do. And for the assessment, you can get kind of scared to say, well, I'm not allowed to diagnose. I'm not allowed to prescribe for the plan because I'm not a licensed medical professional or it's outside of my scope of practice. But you can always say, I suspect, I believe this may be happening. I -hmm. recommend evaluation by a specialist for this possible condition. And right. You can really coach what you're saying and couch what you're saying in this language where you're not acting outside your scope, but you're being pretty specific about yeah. what you want these other doctors, what these doctors to look into and what yeah. you to be on top of. I like the wording. Like I'll say, I suspect restricted lingual frenulum as evidenced by da, 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 you know, like poor elevation of posterior tongue, clicking while feeding. And then after that, I'll say, I recommend further evaluation with whoever I'm saying the evaluation should be with to rule out whatever it is. So usually ankyloglossia. So I like the as evidenced by because it kind of backs up what I'm saying. So I'm not just saying I suspect this and I'm just throwing this out there, but I write along with that because I think a lot of people who are reading the report might just read your impression because mm-hmm. uh-huh. they just want to get to the meat of it. They're like, I just want to get down to the meat. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, I And know, so I think that's an important part to really have your wording make sense and, and clear, concise thoughts. I think it's a fine line though, 
you know, with writing something that is actually going to be read and like knowing your audience that, okay, they are just going to skim it. They aren't going to really go into line by line what I put for this feeding evaluation. At the same time, I wonder in terms of advocacy, the effect of continually sending more detailed observations, maybe even including assessment tools that you're using in the actual tool. And I do this sometimes where I fax the, if I do the the Martinelli assessment tool for lingual frenulum function, I send the whole thing. I used to send it as a PDF that I was actually, you know, filling out in checkboxes. Now I have it templated in charm so that it's, it is there and it says the name of the tool. It's got every line of the tool, my score for it, my score at the end. And I always include a link to the actual documentation for the tool. And I have the same for the, the Dobrich phrenotomy decision tool, which I love, which is not yet validated, but will be soon. But I, I do use both. Those are the two that I use in my Good. practice. And I do have, I have the link and I'm like, you know, if I keep sending this over and over again, and especially because I'm dealing with the same pediatricians over and over again, and they're seeing right. there is consistency in what I'm doing, that my impressions are not just me thinking about it. And it's not something that's in my mind, but that I'm continue. I am running all of my babies through the same tool. And I'm also running this tool on babies where things aren't happening. So they're saying, oh, sometimes the score is high, but not always. And then like, I just have this, maybe I'm just too high in the sky, but thinking like, she keeps using something to it. Maybe we could use this tool, you know. Annie and I have been so lucky with all the people who have joined us on our deeper dives. When you join our monthly subscription, you get every single one of our deeper dives dating all the way back through January 2020. We're talking about Kathy Jenna, Rachel O'Brien, Nichelle Clark, Rebecca Costello, Melissa Cole, and so many more. They're all people we love learning from, and we have so many more coming down the pike. Check out the show notes to learn more and join today. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's an amazing way to help educate too, because whether or not they're actually reading in detail, we will never have the opportunity to utilize the fact that they could read it unless we put that information in there and make sure that we're giving them the opportunity to see what exactly we're doing to come to these findings. So I think that's super valuable and an awesome way to expand the reports that you're sending and validate what you're doing. I think this is a good moment to just give a little word of reminder or caution that if you're dealing with a situation where there is real trouble, so you have a baby who is not having diapers and not transferring milk, and you're concerned, and especially if you're concerned about the family's ability to comply with your care plan, right? please call that. Please call call that pediatrician. Every time. Pick up the phone because that information, this is, you know, this is a baby, this is a baby's life. We do have that. Thankfully, most of us are not, you know, we're not doctors. So there's, we're getting them in a moment where they're not in a life-threatening situation. But this is, this is a, an important thing that we're doing. And so if you are worried, yeah. if you are feeling scared for a baby, pick up the phone and call. You are never yeah. going to regret doing that. Yeah, I've done it. And it's always so well received every single time I've called. The doctors are always so appreciative. and 
are on top of it. And I've never had anybody, you know, like, why are you telling, you know, I've never had any negative feedback from it. I've always had great feedback. And sometimes I can't get the doctor on the phone right that minute, but I'll, I'll tell, I'll say, let me talk to their nurse and I'll tell the nurse I'm vaccine over a report. It's urgent. This is the situation. Please have the doctor call me back and verify that you guys got the report. And if they have any questions or need to discuss. So if you can't get the doctor right then, you can always usually get their nurse and, and be able to flag that report coming through. And I'll, I'll oftentimes send them kind of right away, try to stop and, and try to write them as quickly as I can so that they also have a paper something and a phone call <laughs> right in front of them. There's no denying that, that I did my part to try to stop any negative things from happening to these sweet little families that we're trying to help. But I think that's super important. And it's one of the valuable things about being, you know, remembering that we're part of this care team is that we're not in this alone. And when we are concerned, we do need to collaborate and come together even more so. Absolutely. And the pediatricians, I think that the good ones appreciate it and the good ones will start to value what we're doing if they aren't already when they see that we aren't just out there like, doing what we want and thinking that breastfeeding is this isolated thing or, or it gets them to see that, you know, as we hear a lot of times in our circles that we would all love to see communicated in the wider medical community, breastfeeding as a vital sign, breastfeeding yeah. is something that tells us what's going on with this baby or with this family. And that if they, when they see us taking it seriously in that way, and not just that's going to counter their impression of us as just some nice lady who comes over and tells you it's going to be okay. If only, right. if only that were my <laughs> job, my goodness. Oh, I know. I know. It's definitely a challenge because behind the scenes, we're dealing with such complexity. And, and I think what is portrayed out there, you know, is like, oh, we just go help moms pop the baby on and then we leave and that's the end of it. And I'm like, yeah oh my gosh, it's so much more. So, you know, these reports can really have such a big impact and they're, they're definitely necessary part of our work life. So how do we do yeah. What are the strategies? How do we make that work? You know, there's the, the pay, I know the paper way of doing things is, and you know, like there is nothing wrong with doing it this way where you've got the forms and triplicate and you check off the boxes and one goes in the chart and one goes to the family and one gets sent to the pediatrician in the mail or by fax. That's one way to do it. If you have an actual physical fax machine, I think a lot of us are using some kind of electronic means to store yeah. or document. And so I know you use mobile lactation consultant, which I've also used. How do you do it? Yeah, I've really morphed over the years. So when I started, uh, let's see, seven years ago, we I actually started with paper charting. So I've done that. And what we did then was we had a paper chart and then we typed up a report from that and then faxed that. And wow. that was uh-huh. painfully oh, time consuming. <laughs> but my volume was a lot smaller back in those days. And then I started using MLC probably three or four years ago, maybe three years ago. And I still was charting and then writing a separate report in a template. You know, I had a template and I was writing out basically what I wrote in a more concise form. I used to write like these really lengthy, like 
so detailed on MLC. And then I would like try to write that in a concise way on my report and then send that. And that was also just painfully long. So I'm basically doing the same thing twice in two different ways, one really lengthy, one really short. And it was when this last year at LCMPP, everybody was talking about ways to, you know, to charting and more efficient. And I know you were in on these discussions that we had <laughs> light into the night on, in the conference rooms after everybody had left. But I learned about or a strategy to like make your charting then be your report by exporting a portion of your chart. So that's what I do now. I have a very systematic way that I chart with very specific things and specific boxes. And then when it exports, it looks like this really lovely report. It all comes out really nice if I do this systematic way. And I get everything that I was getting out of doing it twice, doing it once. And so what I chart is then the report. So when I'm done charting, I'm also done with my reports. And three clicks later, it's faxing off. So that has changed my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. I cannot even tell you, I used to get 10, 15 reports behind where I oh would like, have gosh, to spend a whole cool. Saturday just trying to force myself to write reports. I would give so much time to reports. It was, it was so, so hard on me. And I am not a writer and I am dyslexic. So it just painful to write. <laughs> and so it was just always such a challenge for me. So I have been so liberated. I usually within a day or two have my reports done, obviously, because I have my charting done. And then my assistant faxes them out. So we fax urgent things right away. But otherwise, she has one day a week that she faxes everything oh, okay. for the last, so we do it on Thursdays, you know, so she'll fax everything for that week and the Friday before. But if anything's like needing to go out sooner, obviously we'll fax right away, but on just kind of our standard where there's no major red flags. The other thing that I will say about when to fax, I always in my visits ask when their next pediatrician visit is because I always want them to, the pediatrician to have it before they go. Yeah. So that might be a time where I have my assistant fax sooner. You know, I'll be like, oh, they have a pediatrician on Wednesday. Please make sure this goes out. And that makes a huge difference because then I'll tell the parents, I'll be like, oh, good. Let them know. I'll have my report there. And if there's anything y'all want to talk about, it'll be there for the pediatrician to read. And so they, you know, kind of pulling this all together and the parents can know confidently that I have sent that over for them. So how, what kind of strategies have you found to be well, effective? So when I was doing mobile lactation consultant, I, I did the same thing that you do my child and I, and I still do Now that I'm using charm, it's the same. My, I chart as if I'm talking to the pediatrician. I mean, not directly, but I make right. sure I'm thinking like, what do I want them to know about this baby? And for me, I send the, my workflow is that as soon as I'm done, it gets sent. So when mm, I use that's awesome. consultant, I would generate the fat, the PDF on my iPad and then I would click export and it would go to my email for email to fax. And I would always use open visit simplified, even though yes, that's what I used to. I was like, I wish it had this, but at least it's got the basic stuff and it looks really clean and nice. Clean. Yeah. And I think it's easy to read and the big points are are there. And what I fill in those boxes, you know, I've kind of broken it out. So when it 
it, like in my observation box, it kind of looks like an assessment. So I have like mom observation, then infant observation, mm-hmm. you know, so I have it kind of broken out in there. So hopefully it's easy to read, but it's also nice for me because I have a very strategic plan for my charting, which helps me get it done a lot faster. So yeah, like I don't chart very well. I know it seems like everybody's been talking about charting and the bane of our existence with charting and reportings. I don't usually do a ton of charting in my visit. I stop like after in between visits or at a set time when I get home and finish all my charting. Like I put key points, but I don't do what I do for my report actually at that time because I am not good at charting and talking at the same time. Uh Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Everybody's got a different strategy, like being able to do that. And I like I'll do some charting while they're changing a diaper. I also, yes. I'm just a really like, I'm a fast typer and I can yeah. without looking and I can type while talking. And oh yeah, and that's just from years Skills. of practice and just from really from being an assistant for so many years. In yes, I bet that makes that, a like, big difference. They, nobody stops for anything. Like, <laughs> so I, you better know how to get it done. I mean, I used to take dictation. My mm-hmm. boss would tell me letters and he would stand over me and be telling me the letter and typing it. And he's correcting me while I'm oh typing it. Oh my gosh. And he's like, and this has to go out by fax in five seconds. So I have, oh my gosh. So I've got some honed skills and like, yeah, you do. So that's me. And that's my skill set. If you don't have that and that's not, that's fine because maybe I'm not, I might not be as good a listener as somebody else because I'm like always thinking and trying to do two things at once. And, but you know, what I do in charm is I maintain one chart for the parent and one for the baby. So in the parent's chart is where all of the instructions go. So they've got that field that's instructions. And then when you sign the chart, it gets automatically shared with the client. So all of like my detailed, my links, my care plan. And then what I do is anything that is specific to the baby. So like any supplementation plan or referral for evaluation by a specialist, I paste that in the baby's chart in the treatment notes section. So not in the instruction section, because if I put it in the instruction section, when I sign the chart, it's also going to go in the patient portal. And that's going to be two things that are the same that the client is going to see. And I don't want them to have to parse that. So I put it in treatment notes because then it gets faxed to the pediatrician, but it's not getting shared with the client. And it's just basically the same. And and I'll put there, I'll say instructions given to parents. Mm. So then what the pediatrician is getting, everything that I've charted about the baby, I put feeding evaluations in the baby's chart. And then I copy that into the mother's chart, but I don't always put everything there. Like I'll put things like what position we used, was it good transfer, was there pain, but I won't do like all of the jaw excursions and audible swallowing that I put in the infant's chart. So I do try to like, I have to keep two tabs open. And so I'm kind of going back and forth between tabs and then it gets a little messy and like sometimes yeah. I don't always do it right. And then I was doing where with charm where I was create generating report and it's a report that pulls from fields and they've got you can set it up in the settings so that you're actually specifying which fields in the chart you want it to pull from. Oh which okay. so is really it gets very it can get very specific and I made this pediatrician report that I really liked. But I would have to be on my computer because Unlike mobile lactation consultant, when Charm would generate that PDF, it couldn't bring it up on my iPad and attach oh, it okay. to an email in my email client. It was, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah, that point. is challenging. So, so then I was like doing it when I got home and downloading it to my desktop. 
And then I said, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore because it's taking up my time. So I spend the $20 a month for the fax integration for Charm, which I originally thought was a stupid amount of money to pay <laughs> twice as much as an email to fax service. Oh, wow. I hit a button that says fax. It brings up a window. I type in the pediatrician's name. I hit fax and it's gone. It's and done. It, oh, it wow. Done. And, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't know what happens really hit that button. All I know is they get it. It's I done. get it because some of the pediatricians that I'm friendly with do tell me that they get it. Yeah. Um, and it's just done and I'm not, I'm not doing it at home while my, like, I'm telling my kids, hang on, hang on. Right. You know, like no more hang on in my house. I'm trying to like eliminate that. So that's, I hear you. you know, how I do it. And I would love to like take this moment too, to segue into my tech tip for the episode, because it really does tie directly into this topic that we're doing. And I, I would awesome. love for you to be thinking about using harnessing the power of copy and paste. Oh, there are things that you are going to say the same way every single time. There really isn't that much variation in what we're doing. You know, we're not, we're not neurosurgeons, even though what we're doing, we know it is highly complex and it's, you know, beautiful the way, you know, you've got two people working together and all of the nuances and subtleties. They're like legitimately things that you're like, I'm never going to find another way to say this. Right. Up or go into the last, go look at the last three charts that you did or last three pediatrician reports, take something, copy it and put it in like Google keep or notes on iOS. It doesn't have any client information in it. There's no privacy issues. And then just copy and paste that in there. Don't try to rewrite it every time. Don't try, yeah. to, give it, don't try to give these any style at all. They, right. They're, this is just communicating information. I think that's awesome. And I use, so a a couple of different ways similar to this is I have Phrase Express, Uh which I really like. And I use that on my iPad and I have all my different recommendations for care plan in different sections. But the other thing that I use a whole lot, like almost even more is text expanders. I do have quite a photographic memory. So I thought it was going to be really hard at first to remember all the little, like what phrase would give you the the expanded text, you know, but it's actually been really easy for me. And how I have done it is I do dot and then a word, and then it brings up a whole paragraph. So it's really nice. Those are great. All my, um, the websites that I want to share most often, I have those on there because I do use Spruce on my phone. And so if a mom's like, oh my gosh, I don't know, something, I can just be like, oh, here's the website. And it's just like dot pump or dot, you know, whatever it is. And I can like send it instantly without a whole lot of additional thinking that has to go on to find it. So I think so valuable to take the time to create all that. It does take time. You have to like plan time, sit down, consistently start making those protocols or text expanders or however you're going to approach it. But that is an amazing tech tip. And actually, I, I mean, I think one of those LCNPP late night discussions was all about this. And I learned so much that night that we chatted about all this, or I don't know when it was night day sometime. <laughs> and I learned so, so much and I have utilized it tremendously in my practice, which has definitely helped me be way more efficient in all these areas that we've talked about today. So 
I think we're really all working towards trying to be more efficient, working on different strategies. And I think together we'll get there. And I would love for you guys listening to come to this conversation with us and in in the comments on this or on our Facebook, like talk to us about what's working for you guys. Cause I think that's one very valuable thing that we can share is, you know, there's things that we haven't tried yet. So share what's working, what's not working. So we can all hack this together. I know. I listen, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Tell me you figured something out. I I'm like a hundred percent want to hear it and I'll tell me all about it. Yeah. I'm obsessed. So I know. And I love trying like different things because you know I would have never thought that these apps would be so helpful. And then when I I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try and really changed my practice so much. So be willing to try new things. But this has been a great topic, Annie, and one that's so, so important. I'm so glad we took the time to really hash through the dreaded physician notes. No, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. And it actually is just so nice to know that we're all trying to get through this together and totally. to be a team of these professionals who who really are making a difference in these moms and babies, all these families that we're working with. So it's been good talking to you today, yes, Annie. You too, as always. So I look forward to our next conversation. I hope you have a fabulous week with your families that you're working with. Thank you. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live Deeper Dives and also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020. Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.